Hi, I'm Jane Velez Mitchell, New York Times bestselling author and TV journalist. And this is Unchained TV's Voice America podcast. For the next hour, you will hear the solution to most of the problems that plague our world. And it's a solution mainstream media ignores, even though it only requires us to make one simple change. Want to know what it is and transform your life? Let's get started. Welcome. I am so excited to have today one of my heroes, Jenny Goldfarb of Jenny Goldfarb's Unreal Deli. She is changing the world. We're going to hear from her in just a second. But first, I want to introduce you to her in a somewhat dramatic fashion. This woman wowed the world on, want to take a guess? Shark Tank. Yo, Sharks, how y'all doing today? My name is Mrs. Jenny Goldfarb, and I'm from the mean streets in New York City. I'm a fast-talking, no-nonsense city girl, and I'm here seeking $100,000 for 10% of my business, Unreal Deli. Capiche? <laughs> now, although I hail from New York City, about a decade ago, I moved to beautiful, sunny Los Angeles. There, I shed the pesky accent. What I didn't shed, my deep love for the authentic delis New York is famous for. I wanted corned beef. I wanted pastrami. I wanted it stacked thick on rye with Russian and mustard and all the fixes. (laughs) So you can imagine my dismay when I became vegan and realized I couldn't eat my beloved corned beef or pastrami at all. That's why I created Mrs. Goldfarb's Unreal Deli, home of the most mouth-watering, decadent, vegan corned beef. That's right, sharks. At Mrs. Goldfarb's Unreal Deli, we use nothing but 100% super clean plant-based ingredients that are low in carb, low in fat, and protein-packed to make our Unreal Deli meat. So, sharks, who wants to sell some meat? Or do I gotta break some knees around here? that jenny Goldfarb, you wowed them mark cuban invested and then how have you turned into this massive brand that is available at costco at uh gelson's at whole foods all over the country oh jane well still breaking knees around here uh and uh just honestly you know one day at a time learning on the job. Uh, Today we're in about 4,000 doors. Uh, We have a few new meets coming that are also going to be best in class. And, uh, you know, with a lot of, you know, humility and love, love for the animals and uh, just a lot of enthusiasm and drive to uh, make this company a success and close slaughterhouses and change sandwiches forever. Well, I don't know how you did it, to be honest with you. I have seen you groan. I am honored, privileged, and humbled to have known you when this was a hobby. And we here at Unchained TV used to do something called Lunch Break Live when uh, we were all going live and we still go live a lot, but we went to your house and we actually caught you before you created this. So this was at the very early stages where you were literally a mom in a kitchen just coming up with something. And we did this um, video with you. And I want to play it because this is before you created this massive business. But it shows, first of all, your incredible on-camera presence, your passion, your efficiency, and the ability to do all this while being a wife and a mom at the same time blows my mind. Hello, everybody. My name is Jenny Goldfarb, and this is the most unbelievable corned beef 
you've ever experienced. This is corned beef 2.0, people. This is made of all the best stuff on earth. You know what I'm talking about, plant food, and it's incredibly delicious. My New York City deli roots go back over 100 years. My great grandpa was in this business, and even though I became vegan for the animals, for all the right reasons, I never lost my taste for New York City deli. And so you've invented this. I invented, I guess, uh, the most delicious corned beef that is fat-free, nitrate-free, protein-packed, soy-free, animal-free, animal-free, meatless, yes. uh, cruelty-free, all the best stuff on earth right here, and I'm gonna make our favorite Jane a delicious Reuben sandwich. See what she thinks. Now, I know you can't give away some of the trade secrets. This really does look like corned beef. And uh, yeah, so how did you invent this? Well, I started playing with seitan, which is the vital wheat gluten, is one of the primary ingredients. It's the protein part of the wheat grain. And it's actually very nutritious. And when it comes together with a lot of wonderful plant foods, it becomes a complete protein. And so it's healthy and so yummy. Oh my gosh. I mean, just absolutely amazing the way you explain that and i i you need a show so we've got some callers already uh by the way i was at gelson's and look what i picked up right here and i just want to show boom i'm gonna have that for lunch today all right let's start with some of our callers we've got sarah in culver city your question or thought for mrs goldfarb of unreal deli let's go hi i wanted to ask you about um, this place called Publix. It's like a place where people get subs in the South. And I heard that you were going to have some of your deli meat there. And I'm thinking that would you maybe do a deal with Subway so that you could put all of your stuff in there and hopefully um, phase out their animal products? Great question. So uh, I grew up a lot of years in South Florida, even though I have this like whole New York persona. I was born in New York, but most of my upbringing was in Florida. And so I grew up really going to Publix like at least once a week. So that was to get that account and bring our products onto retail shelves. There was a total dream come true. And then after we were selling really well in retail for about a year, they told us that they wanted to launch at their famous pub sub counter, where in the Southeast, they actually sell more pub subs than Subway subs. So it was a major dream come true to get a sub into the esteemed pub sub deli counter in 1300 Publix delis. And then after we had this turkey sub that came out, they then introduced the cheesesteak sub uh, two vegan sandwiches found at 1300 Publix delis. And so uh, we're definitely using a lot of that gumption uh, to be able to then tell the Subways and Jimmy John's and Jersey Mike's of the world, like, hey, we did it for them. Let us do it for you. And so I am having conversations with some of the big sub and sandwich chains at this time, very much hoping to phase out the old animal-based deli meats. Thank you, Sarah. Whoa. You are moving so fast. It's unbelievable. All right, we've got Paige in Agora Hills. Your question or thought for Jenny Goldfarb. Jenny, it's great to hi. connect with you again. Oh, my God. Hi, Paige. Okay, yes. so, hi. Hey, how do you feel your products are, are changing the trajectory of the future of animal agriculture? I know that's kind of a big question, but if anyone can answer it, I think you can. Wow, thank you. Um, I don't know that I'm going to answer it maybe as satisfactorily as like anyone would hope because 
you know, I came into this thinking like, I really want to close slaughterhouses down. That was like very much my goal. And I look around and I do see that like we're making a dent, we're making changes. I mean, just the fact that Publix alone has added two all vegan subs to their famous pub sub menu is really a massive thing. Uh, but, um, but to be fully honest, I mean, I do feel like plant-based meats are going to be around forever and people are always going to want plant-based products. But I very much do see that the cell-based meats, cheeses, dairies that are coming is really going to be the thing that actually closes them down and like throws that key away and like really lets the animals go. So I'm very much, you know, excited for what's to come over there. And at the same time, also, of course, looking to do our part, putting whole vegetables. It's funny because I'm hearing myself give that pitch over to you back in 2019, Jane, and I'm seeing myself saying all these things, vital wheat gluten, all these things, but what I'm not talking about, what I really stress now, which really matters to consumers is that we use whole vegetables. We literally start every single meat with a vegetable smoothie. And then we pair that in with plant uh, proteins like like wheat gluten, which is like the protein part of the wheat grain and a complex blend of spices. So uh, having meats that are made with whole vegetables is something that people really do care about, especially in light of a lot of recent press that Beyond has been getting some backlash that there's no real wholesome true food that you know what it is from the local store. Like 98% of our ingredient deck you could buy at that local Gelson store, not just the meat itself. So uh, we do feel like there's a place for Unreal Deli for plant-based meats forever, but I very much do see that cell-based is going to be the thing that's actually going to shut down these horrific slaughterhouse scenes. Yes, and a couple of questions, a couple of things. I agree with you 100%. I don't call it cell-based meat because that plays into the critics who I call it clean meat or um, uh, animal-free meat is one of my favorite phrases. And and I was I was told that don't call it cell-based meat because that's not appetizing. But I 100% agree with you that that is a solution because we all have people in our lives that no matter what you say to them, no matter what you show to them, no matter how many videos from Unchained TV or streaming networks showing, you know, what happens to these animals, they don't yep. change. So they're going to have their pound of flesh, but without animals. Bioidentical meat is also amazing where they copy the DNA structure of meat and produce it completely 100% without any animals. There's amazing. so much happening, but your plant-based meat definitely, definitely fills a role. Let's go to more callers. We've got Nilofar from Dallas, Texas. Your question or thought for Jenny Goldfarb of Unreal Deli. Yeah. Hi, I can't wait to try the Unreal mm-hmm. products. Um, and I think you answered a big part of my question. Um, however, I'm just going to throw it out again. What sets your products apart from the other vegan meat alternatives on the market? Is it that they're um, particularly healthy because so many of the meat alternatives are so high in fat and saturated fat content, which renders them kind of feckless for those of us who try to eat a little healthier? Thanks. I want to jump in. Nilofar, I love you. You're one of our great supporters. But these broadcasters who are now jumping on because, let's face it, who keeps the bills on? Who pays the bills at mainstream media? It's meat, dairy, and pharmaceuticals. Okay? Those are, they're intertwined because people are eating the bad meat and the cheese, and then they're getting sick, so it keeps the big pharma in, in business. And did they ever talk about the fact that processed meat is officially cancer-causing, according to the World Health Organization? No. 
But then when you come up with some plant-based uh, uh, products that look like comfort foods, they start all of a sudden for the first time ever. Oh, it's processed. It's processed. Right. You know, it's unfair. It's selective indignation. And I try not to feed into that. Nobody is suggesting you have to eat um, a, uh, let's say, a Beyond Meat or Impossible Burger for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But it's still so much healthier than eating an animal product. I just want to make that point because we should not feed into the talking points of people who are attacking mm. um, the um, the plant-based industry, okay? And they, they won't say a word about the fact that the other stuff, the alternative is cancer-causing. It's cancer-causing. Processed meat, look it up. The World Health Organization has labeled it a carcinogen. I just want to make that point, but go ahead. Jenny Goldfarb. Yeah, I mean, not only cancer-causing, but it's also like literally putting trauma into your body. So it's like, it's just bad on so many levels, obviously. I think most of us do know this that are here listening. Um, as far as what makes Unreal Deli different, I did mention it, but I'd love to just share again that each one of our meats has its own signature whole vegetables. So we're not putting in like a little shake of celery. We're actually taking in our roasted turkey, for instance, cannellini beans, celery, onions, and garlic. And we are making a full-on vegetable smoothie of those veggies. And then we're pairing them in with things like vegetable broth, spices, and wheat protein in order to make all of our deli meats and then do a really nice thin slice on that. So, uh, so each one of our meats has its own core vegetables, uh, and that's definitely one thing that sets it apart from, from pretty much all the competition that's out there. And I'm so blown away, and from the very first day when I met you in your home, and this was just a hobby, right. uh, something you were doing uh, because you wanted a deli sandwich, yeah. and I just am still astounded to this day at how much it mm. looks like corned beef. Yeah. It looks like a pastrami sandwich, and they it's just really brilliant. Okay, guess what? Uh, you're a popular lady. We've got more callers. We've got Michelle in Los Angeles, your question or thought, and then we've got another one after that. Awesome. And I know we've heard loud dinging noises. I guess one of our computers is very excited about what's happening. Uh, uh, Unreal Deli. Okay, uh, Michelle, your question. Hi, Jenny. Your deli meat looks amazing. Um, I was wondering, are you or do you have a gluten-free option for those who are allergic or can't stand uh, the wheat gluten? So we haven't cracked it yet. <laughs> We've tried, though, because we know that there is a lot of the um, vegan community that's they don't necessarily have celiac, but they've somehow batched it together, uh, being both vegan and gluten free. And actually, it's Passover right now. So I'm actually gluten free for the week. So I can't even eat my meats this week, to be honest with you. Uh, but um, we haven't gotten there yet. And, uh, you know, for us, we've, you know, obviously, we've taken the animal out, we've taken a lot of the fat out, we've taken nitrates out, so much more, but we've not cracked the code on the uh, on the wheat protein. We don't use a huge amount of it, um, and because we have our core veggies, we seem to somehow pass muster. Also, we're in the business of making sandwiches, so we're sort of anticipating people will put our meats on two delicious slices of bread. But uh, but unfortunately, no, we're not yet at the gluten free spot quite yet. All right. Well, that means you have yet another assignment on your plate. Yes. Although I am blown away at how quickly you've grown, and I'm going to talk to you about that. All right. We've got Lindsay in Tarzana. Your question or thought for Jenny Goldfarb. Jenny, I tried your product, 
and they are unbelievable. Yesterday, I had an impromptu Easter uh, get-together, just a few friends at the last minute. And from watching shows on Unchained TV cooking shows, I was able to make some wonderful recipes, vegan recipes. My friend brought over her 90-year-old mom, who is a meat eater, and we just gave her the food. She loved it, not knowing that it wasn't meat. And wow. I think this is a great way. I think this is a great way to introduce people like my husband mm-hmm. to a pastrami sandwich made of your product, which are amazing. And this is a great way uh, to show people how to go vegan. So thank you. Thank you, Lindsay. That's so kind of you. By the way, I live in Woodland Hills, so we're neighbors. Nice to meet you. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Amazing. Well, listen, uh, we could go on all day. You are obviously a very, very popular lady. Can't keep up right now with all the comments coming in. Uh, But I want to play another little bit of you on Shark Tank. And the reason is it was obviously national exposure. I want to find out what happened as a result of that. I mean, so many companies dream of being on Shark Tank. Um, Mark Cuban was very taken with your presentation, but what I loved about it most of all was that you were able to bring the message of compassion, not just a business message, but you also brought the message of compassion in. Let's listen to how you did that and then Mm -hmm. talk about it on the other side. What's the calorie count on a sandwich? 100 per two ounces. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's super low in fat. It's not bad. So who came up with the the formula for this? I came up with the recipe. Uh, I became vegan about five years ago. I ate meat my whole life, and then I started seeing videos of animal cruelty, documentaries, and it was so heartbreaking. I, I couldn't stand to continue to eat the way I was eating, and I had a meat and potatoes husband and some young kids, and I had to figure out how to reconfigure my cooking methods. So I bought every vegan cookbook I could find, and I figured out how to cook from the produce aisle and the grains aisle. So how long have you been doing this? Uh, only a handful of months. Okay, for I have so much to say about that. First of all, the sharks are totally mesmerized. They're nodding while you're saying, I saw these videos showing how horrible the treatment is. Mark Cuban is smiling at you. I've heard, and I have no way of confirming this, that he's gone at least vegetarian. Um, tell us all about that experience and what came out of it. Yeah, <clears throat> so... Uh... After, you know, going vegan, cooking this way, coming up with Unreal Deli, selling to a handful of local delis in L.A., and then we had Whole Foods that was going to be coming online, I was like, this is the time to apply for Shark Tank. Of course, we live in Los Angeles. That's the obvious next step. Uh, Went through basically a very simple web application and got a call from a producer and then several rounds of like applications, videos, written, typed up and written applications. Finally, I have a tape date. I'm on the show. Most exhilarating experience of my life, beating even childbirth, honestly. Um, uh, I was only on that stage. I was on that stage 45 minutes, which is actually less than most participants. It's usually like one to two hours you're up there, even though, of course, in television, they'll only show like five or six minutes of it. Um, And then I really wanted to bring up, I mean, of course, I could have just been like, I went plant-based. It's better for the planet. I could have just kept it really, you know, baseline but that's not my heart you know my heart is like i saw these videos because jane velez mitchell shares them of like what's really happening basically and uh 
and you can't unsee that stuff. So I wanted to make sure to get that message out there. I remember even asking my producers saying, are they going to possibly not air my whole segment or that part of it because so many big meat and dairy and whatever companies are paying for the commercials in between the show and that I may not get on the air if I, if I make a statement like that. And they were like, you say whatever you need to say to get the deal. I was like, all right, I'm speaking my truth then. So, uh, so I made sure to try and get that through. Um, and then I made this epic deal with Mark for more than double the cash I was asking for. Uh, immediately following the show, I was back in my trailer on the Sony studio lot when Mark's head of counsel came to the trailer and introduced himself and gave me his business card and I gave him mine. He said, okay, so now starts due diligence and uh, you know that'll be for the next couple months and you should start sending an email to Mark once a week with the activities from the business. So he didn't tell me that I should only send those emails during due diligence. He just said, start writing them once a week. So I thought that that meant forever. So I kept writing and writing and writing and writing. It's been three plus years since I was on that show. And this guy gets an email from me every single Friday, no matter what. And uh, he always writes me back. We have an amazing rapport. And he made a new investment in Unreal Delhi a little over a year ago as a result for being, from being so hooked into the success and caring about the story and hearing from me every single week. So uh, it's really very much worked out in our favor. So I have this really amazing relationship with Mark now. And uh, and I always have the Shark Tank story to tell, which as you can imagine, much like this interview right now, I open up, I go into any sales meeting and everyone just wants to hear the story and basically sells the whole company, you know? So it's really a dream. And you sold the concept of compassion and yeah. how there's an alternative and yeah. you don't need to do it. But I loved how you said you had a meat and potatoes husband yep. and uh, that he's now eating this way. Yep. So how did you grow? This is, I'm sure we have more callers. Oh, uh, yes, we do. Karen from Venice Beach. What is your question or thought? Hi there. First of all, I'm just so impressed with with uh, what you've done you know it's it's just amazing and and i just want to know do you have any advice for any uh vegan chefs who might have a product they want to um create you know for the market for the general market yeah i definitely do so uh I met a woman um, a handful of months ago who created this like really amazing kind of like a cotija cheese vegan and I said to her, you know, the best thing that you can do right now is to walk into little taco shops and little Mexican cafes that are in your neighborhood and walk in and ask who the man, when is the, when is the owner in, when is the manager in and come in an hour where it's not lunch and bring a wonderful sample and try and sit down for 10 minutes and say, I'd love you to try something amazing that I made from my home, from my heart, you know, and, and then, uh, Try and sell one little cafe because once you get one sale, that was my whole template. You know, that's the whole proof of concept. I sold one deli. And then once you get it into one deli and you can bring some customers in there and tell folks it's on the menu there, you can go in there and get my stuff. Then you can tell any other deli, look, they're doing it great. They're, they have so much success that you, you don't want to be missing out. This is like the whole the craze now, you know, and so little by little, that's that's how I built this whole thing. One deli at a time and then. Once I had like a handful of delis, I was then reaching out to places that had six and 10 establishments. And now I'm talking to the Publixes and, you know, big chains of the world that have thousands of establishments. So uh, little by little, not in one day, but starting one, one little cafe at a time. 
maybe a place where you already go that you kind of know the manager or that you've eaten at a bunch of times and you can say, I come in here all the time with my kids or give a little, you know, colorful context to how you love that one establishment and how you can really add some value there. That's my advice for kind of kicking things off. It's never to like sit and write a business plan or to come up with a slide deck. It's like make the thing, make a great sample, bring it in and sell the thing one time. Wow, that is really powerful because it's a great question because I wanted to ask you how you grew it so rapidly. While being a mom with young children, I can't, my head explodes, you know, just thinking about it Um, because your company has grown faster than almost any company that I can see. I mean, I remember when I was at your house not too long ago, it was what, maybe four or five years ago uh, where I was introduced to you and um, you were just, not just, but you were a mom and a wife who had a hobby of making vegan pastrami and we came over curious and now you're you're in costco you're in Publix, you're in whole foods you're in erwan you're in ralph's and i uh was what just two days ago i was in gelson's and i went oh there's jenny's product right mm-hmm. in the front before the checkout uh we're gonna take Yes, we did Lunch Break Live. There's Paige in 2018. There you go, Paige. And um, here's Natalie. I saw you on Shark Tank and fell in love with you and your vegan meats. Um, there's. We're going to take a short break here on Voice America Radio, but we are going to stay live on Facebook and on the Unchained TV app. We're going to be back in a couple of seconds with Jenny Goldfarb. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. 
We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Welcome back to Unchained TV on Voice America Radio. I'm Jane Velez Mitchell, and you are now re-entering a portal to a transformative way of living. Welcome back. We are here with the... Oh, that's because I was on the app. I got feedback just to prove uh, that I was on the app, and then I'm hearing myself on the app. We are here with the amazing Jenny Goldfarb. This woman is a powerhouse, Mm. and she makes it look so easy which honestly, I'm a little jealous because there's always a lot of drama around here. (laughs) But you're like, yeah, okay. Um, I raised my family, my young children. I started a ginormous corporation, but I still make dinner for my husband. I mean, I don't know how you do it. How do you do it? Honestly, there's a lot of takeout. I'm not making that many dinners these days. It's kind of <laughs> ironic. You get into the food business and you're not cooking food anymore. So I don't really cook yeah. food anymore. Um, yeah. <clears throat> the young children are home on spring break and could come storming in any second. So there's that. Uh, you know, um, I'm just kind of spinning the plates that I'm handed and I'm doing the best I can. Uh, we don't have actually a family out here, my husband and I. So uh, we're very much, you know, just winging it, doing it ourselves for the most part. Um, my, uh, It's funny, when you showed that video, Jane, before I was in that white shirt showing the corned beef, I was very much pregnant with my third child at the time. And uh, that third child is now three and a half years old. So um, everyone's growing up. And, uh, and I think it's incredible that they get to see that their mom is able to do what she does and they get to grow up thinking that this is normal, that a woman would have this kind of a role running a company, you know, creating something from her home kitchen or from her heart that she's able to like really bring out far and wide into the world. So uh, it's it's really inspiring for me to get to see my children be around this and uh, just doing the best we can, honestly. I'm not like a model parent. I'm not always a model CEO, but, um, you know, uh, feeling like I'm really given, you know, a, a real mission from God here to, uh, to, to bring um, these phenomenal deli meats into the world and to make a chain an impact in the sandwiches that we can. Now, I just really want to dive deep into how you grew because, you know, we see that a lot of vegan restaurants, for example, open and then closed. Yep. And we know that in general, 90%, I think it's something like 90% of all restaurants that open close that they don't stay out for years and years and years. Yep. What do you think you did differently? I remember when you were Shark Tank, you said something about we're in a lot of delis. Yeah. So you talked about getting in that first deli. Break down that process a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, we never invested in having any like rented space to like open our own restaurant. So we're always selling into a restaurant. So that really helped us as far as overhead. I'm also like a scrappy woman mom. So I'm not like, I don't need like a fancy corporate office to pull this off or any crazy infrastructure. It's like, get a team together. You know, I mean, I'm saying it in a little bit of a casual way, but uh, there are only 10 of us that are full-time at Unreal Deli right now. And we operate almost entirely remotely. We have one test kitchen and we'll meet, you know, a couple times a month in person, but otherwise everything happens virtually. Uh, 
As far as selling that first deli, I remember I was making cold calls back in the earliest days saying like, hi, my name is Jenny. I made this incredible corned beef. Uh, you know, it's all plant-based. It can bring you a new kind of customer. And I remember <clears throat> I had one person who said to me, all right, whatever, we'll try a sample. And I realized, oh, I don't need to sell this whole spiel of this whole vegan dream. I just need to say, hey, will you taste a sample? And when's a good time for me to come by? So I was like learning on the job from the rebuke that I was getting as far as what's my pitch going to be. And then I remember another time I called and uh, this woman, this deli owner was like, how dare you call during lunchtime? And I hung up the phone. I hung up the phone. My tail was between my legs. I was like, oh gosh, I was so crestfallen. I like blew it with this one. And then I said to myself, not calling during lunchtime. Like I like knew when to pick up the phone and when not to pick up the phone. And uh, that was actually a very valuable lesson. So you know, continuing, of course, to learn on the job, you know, it used to be how do I deal with selling one deli? And now it's like, how do I deal with selling a 100 train restaurant or more? And, uh, and I'm, you know, still continuing okay. to learn what do they want to hear? What matters? And anyway, yes, I have more questions, because Please. this I think the devil's in the details with these kinds um, of things. There's yeah. so many people have dreams. And we've, interviewed so many people who want a food truck, they yep. want to have a restaurant, they want to have, they have a product. And, you know, let's face it, uh, all good people with the greatest intentions, but most of them don't get to where you're getting. So that's why I want to know what your unique process was so that maybe we can help those other people yeah. as well. So, so you got in the delis. My big question is, how did you get from the delis to the Costco's? Yeah. And that's the leap. So uh, started selling all the local delis. And the delis, even to this day, give a lot of street cred because they're these really authentic establishments that make determinations for themselves, you know, in an autonomous way. And so still being on those deli menus is still a way that even if I talk to a big grocery store, I say, this old school New York style deli that hasn't taken a new menu item in, on in 100 years, you know, has us on and front and center on their permanent menu. So the delis actually still give us a lot of credibility. Um, and then once I had the delis, I remember I, I've read some of my old like sales emails, like even to Subway, I'd be like, we're in canters and factors. I'm like listing all these like tiny delis as though that's the thing that's going to get me into Subway. Um, but, uh, you know, using whatever leverage you have, I have one or two or three locations. And then I was able to use that to sell into Whole Foods. That was our local regional Whole Foods office in the Southern Pacific region, which is here in LA. And they agreed to take on a pre-made sandwich. And then we found, I found a co-packer I took a meeting with this person that had actually had an ice cream business that had nothing to do with deli meat or vegan deli meat. And she was like, I know someone that's a baker that could take on your product. And so I just, I took a meeting with this very random person who directed me to this woman who was able to take on the product. And she was able to, she had this industrial bakery and a staff that was able to cook it for us. So all of this allowed us really it was kind of more me at the time to be able to like not really have much overhead so it wasn't like oh if i don't have this many sales this month we're not going to be able to like meet payroll it was it was really nothing like that because for the longest time i was the only one on payroll my husband was actually who works a full-time job was helping me do deliveries late at night to some of these delis that are open till 2 a.m so uh and what so a husband i must say i must oh, yeah. yeah one yeah. of the most supportive husbands in mm. husband husband history go continue on yeah yeah so he was very very supportive and would help me at all hours um but uh but yeah it was really a matter of just like being scrappy and knowing when to like kind of 
like not, not maybe grow too fast until we had more of the infrastructure set up. So slowly, slowly, we kept making hires, but not too many. As I mentioned, we only have 10 full-time hires today. Uh, and um, we brought on an R&D person and then uh, an operations person and a marketing person, a design person, and then a couple more R&D people because we're very, very serious about coming out with all sorts of new phenomenal products. And we have at least two, if not three, new meets coming out this year that are all going to be all going to be best in class. Oh, and by um, the way, Betty Ann Cornwall has a message with your turkey. Can you use it in gravy and make hot turkey sandwiches, or will it melt? Yes, you can. Um, in fact, we had some Thanksgiving recipes whereby inside the outer package there is an inner clear pack, and that clear pack is fully sealed and can go for I think it's four minutes into boiling water. And then when it comes out, it's like nice, steamy, delicious turkey that you can put gravy on top of and mashed potatoes and stuffing and all that fun stuff. with. Or and if you, yeah. you want more information or to order online, you can go to unrealdeli.com. It's very easy to remember, unrealdeli.com. Yes. And there's a wealth of information, including recipes that are there. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was it like? What was that moment? Because I think with most of these efforts, and listen, I run a nonprofit and there are times where it's like, oh my God. And then there's something good that happens and you go, okay, I can, I got around a hurdle. What was right. that moment when you knew, okay, this isn't going to just be a hobby. I, it's, it's going to be big. Yeah. Um, from Shark Tank. Yeah, I mean, I would say once we got into those first handful of delis and we were seeing pretty rapid reorders, I knew that that really was the proof of concept because I figured that these guys, no one knows good deli meat better than these old school New York deli owners. And if it was going to pass muster there and people were going to enjoy it and keep ordering it, then it could really get anywhere. And I was like allowing myself at that point to really dream like, where, how, where could this be housed? How, how could this really grow big? And so uh, anyway, I'd say that getting into like, I maybe the first, maybe like the third or fourth deli was like the, the way, the time that I said to myself, okay, we've, we've proven that this really is a business. And now it's just the question of how quickly and how wonderfully we can scale this baby. All right. Um, I want to ask you a question because I have to say that at one point I, I was a little mad, I think, in the head, and I decided that I wanted to create a vegan ice cream. This was something that lasted like two months. Yeah. And what I found was the complexity, it was an education in the complexity of producing any food product, all the regulatory issues, all of these, I mean, it was what? The, the, the mind-numbing a bureaucracy of putting out a food product. How did you deal with that? So look, there's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of food safety documentation. I remember I was at the first deli, tried trying to sell the first, first deli. And the deli owner was like, you do have food liability insurance, right? And of course, those are like the first time that I ever heard those words in my life. And uh, <laughs> so I'm like literally like under the table Googling food liability insurance. And... <laughs> There's like a good plan. It's called FLIP. It's food liability insurance plan. Uh, and it was like $300 for the year. So it was like, great. Got it. Yep. Learning on the job. Got it. You know, and, uh, and then it's come up literally 50 times since then of, you know, you have this document, you're registered here, you've got that certification. And it's like, we'll figure it out. Send me to the website. I'm on it. You know, so, uh, so it's all, uh, you know, just a question of learning what, what's needed and then putting it into action. 
And so were there moments where you said, oh my God, this something's, I mean, how, cause yeah, when it's all going great, you can see how the next indicated thing, what that is, but there are moments I think in every major business or project where something happens that seems like an insurmountable challenge. How do you deal with that psychologically, emotionally, and practically? I mean, uh, it's funny. I, I I took my amazing dad, who's been very much a hero to me my whole life, who was a longtime entrepreneur. I took him out of retirement. I told him, you're going to work with me. We're working together. So he's very much like, a, I don't know, a lot of my business inspiration and a lot of times when like the shit is hitting the fan, he can say to me, Jenny, we got to keep it in perspective. Even if something happens with this account, we've got that, that, and that happening. So I really do lean on him for a lot of that kind of like mental check. And he'll oftentimes say to me, Jenny, you know, we, we know the bullets are flying, you know, uh, it's just a question of how fast they're flying and if they actually get you. But, um, but every day I feel like there's something's coming up and then Oftentimes, like you'll hear really good news, you're getting into this whole amazing new account, and then something else is suddenly, you know, bursting or bubbling over or whatever that that suddenly needs it. Like it doesn't give you like a minute to sit and celebrate. You're on to the next like fire you have to put out. So uh just staying humble, staying on your toes, staying in this state of gratitude for when things are going right. Um, and just kind of knowing like uh we, we printed out this sign for Publix, this big Klingon sign, like this eight and a half by eleven. Publix allowed us to like put this big um, sign up at the deli saying, hey, new vegan subs. And it's like this gorgeous sign. It went through like 30 rounds of notes. You wouldn't have believed how much this sign did. And then I see it printed out. Some customer actually took a picture, posted it in one of the vegan groups. We're so happy. This is a, oh my God. And you're, they're signage for now. And I, I zoom in on the fine print and I see it says, all, it says that the retail packs are also available in the produce aisle and aisle is spelled A-S-I-L-E. I'm like, ah, possible and i don't know i i literally like laugh it off now because i'm so used to it um in fact when we first got into uh i think it was Cantor's deli which is a huge old school deli here in los angeles i think we were on the menu for a full six months and i called one day and i go because i was just always wanting to make sure that people know we have it can people order it i called one day do you guys have that vegan corned beef the lady was like no idea what you're talking about, okay? Six months, we're on the menu, and this isn't a restaurant. So now when we're in like a grocery store and someone walks in and they're like, you're supposed to be there, I can't find you. I'm like, I just expected it. It's like almost like I'm surprised when it all works smoothly, you know? So anyway, uh, just learning to roll with it. And, and, and the more experience you have, you know, the more you come to expect that there's like oftentimes mayhem and that that's just part of the whole process. Well, yes, I'm learning a lot from you because you're right. Glitches come with the territory. I mean, with uh, with our nonprofit, it's very high tech and we're always putting out fires and uh, it's time consuming. And I think that it's the attitudinal um, response, right? So yes, it comes with the territory. We're going to deal with it, do the next indicated thing and don't get like, don't let it get to you is what yes. I'm hearing from you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, uh, you know, it's so important that I keep this like high vibe and enthusiasm and joy in order to send like the next best email and to invite my best thoughts to arrive that if I if I sit and cry over ASILE all afternoon, like it's just not helpful for the business and I have to be helpful for the business. So yes. So what's next? We, we only have a couple of minutes. I want to know what's next. 
So we're putting out three new meats this year. Two of them, I'll just say, they're coming from the pork family and they are gonna be best in class. And it's kind of exciting that this Jewish girl is gonna bring some of the best pork products ever into the world. Um, it's exciting for me because I don't get to eat that stuff but even before going vegan. Uh, and uh, and we're, we also have some really big launches, including stores with like many thousands of chains. In fact, this week we're launching in our first Albertsons region. And what? yeah, Ooh. and we're launching Ooh. also uh, in the fall on several hundred college campuses. Whoa. And, uh, and then we have a launch coming up in October with Walmart, no big deal. So yeah, that's, that's what's coming up around the bend. Wow, you are truly, you're changing the game. Yay. And you are saving a lot of animals. Hey, and I love no one, Jane Velez Mitchell. You inspire me every day. Thank you for your wow. service. I you inspire you. me. I mean, and we're all inspiring each other. A lot yeah. of the people who've called in are incredible activists as well. Sure. Uh, Lindsay Baker says the winners never quit. Yes. And um, I, I <laughs> last question, how do you see the growth of the, I don't want to say just vegan because I agree with you that clean meat, animal free meat is going to be a big part of the equation, yeah. yep. but where do you see us? Because, you know, uh, at Unchained TV, we did a documentary called Countdown to Year Zero. It says we, we really have to get rid of animal agriculture in yep. a short period of time, or we're really going to hit a climate apocalypse. Uh, in fact, there's a new article that shows that the United Nations uh, was, uh, it claims the United Nations is encouraged to cut out some warnings about that in one of their recent uh, publications. Yep, the um, yeah, the, yeah, exactly. And so they're downplaying it to our own peril. Where do you see our movement? Are you hopeful? I am definitely hopeful. I, uh, I very much think what, while plant-based is going to be around forever, that this clean meat movement is really what's going to be the game changer because folks are going to say, well, if it really tastes the same and it's less money and it's healthier and it actually is exactly the same experience cooking, tasting all this, then like, why not? And I think that once those decisions are made and once those options are really available, people are going to look back on it like we look back on slavery, like, how could we ever have allowed this to happen? And that you and I and those listening here today are like the early revolutionaries for that exact movement, but that soon enough, it's going to just be completely ubiquitous that uh, everyone's going to say, how could we have participated in this? Like nobody really knew. Of course, we're here speaking it as loud as we can saying, wake up, it's happening. But, uh, but because it's happening so much behind closed doors and there's such moneyed interest to keep it quiet, uh, it's not going to come out until it's really so convenient that, uh, that everyone can just easily make this decision. So I think we're within a decade of having, uh, you know, maybe 75% of this turned around. And, and then I could see by the latter part of my lifetime, it literally being illegal to uh, hurt animals to consume any of this, their, their flesh or byproducts. Uh, from your mouth to God's ear, as they say, I yeah. hope that that's the case. You know, personally, and I, uh, it's not like I have any great, you know, crystal ball, but I do constantly interview people about this and get different perspectives. Yep. I personally think that it's going to be a combination of the rise of clean meat, which yep. is meat um, either bioidentical or um, using, for example, um, mushrooms, which are fungi, which is actually not a plant, it's its own species, yep. or um, actual clean meat that, um, is whipped up and fermented um, from one tiny cell. But I think it's that. I think it's the rise of what you're doing, yep. companies like you. 
And I also think nature is doing for ourselves uh, what we can't do, which is essentially uh, making animal agriculture um, very, very difficult in a time of climate change. You know, uh, we saw um, this past summer, and it was tragic, somebody on TikTok had videotaped thousands of cows dead with their legs in the air in Kansas uh, because of the heat and the drought. And then you have the extreme weather increasing. So um, while China is now creating, uh, which I think is completely obscene, you know, uh, pig hotels, which are basically giant office-like structures where pigs are going to be raised, and it's it's they never they will never get out for one second. Yeah. But I think that aside from something like that, you know, these animals, cattle grazing and animals outside, it's going to be really difficult. And even when they're in concentrated animal feeding operations with the floods and the tornadoes, uh, boom. So the only thing that is keeping our movement, um, excuse me, uh, animal agriculture going, in other words, the linchpin is the government subsidies and the farm bills coming up for renewal this October. So that's another part of it is is waking up the lawmakers that, hey, we're running out of time. If you you purport to want to solve climate change, but you're funding animal agriculture, which is destroying the planet, wake up. So I think all of those things will come together, hopefully, to create a new consciousness. And of course, the consumers making smarter choices. So they should go out and get. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Oh my gosh. It's been great having you on. Yes. I'm so, I'm so awe inspired by you and everything that you do. Thank you for building this community, this app, sharing your voice to make the animals heard. It's really unbelievable. Thank you. Well, we're all in it together. Everybody, check yeah. out. Yay. This is Gold Farms on Real Deli. Oh my gosh, this is such a great product. Mm. There's the steak, there's the turkey, there's the pastrami, and more to come. More to come. Next time. And remember, guys and gals, download the Unchained TV app. All right? See you next time on Voice America Radio. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.